Hands now. Capital 263. Hello, it's good to be back. My name is Sue. This is Career Board, your vital information portal. This is a weekly podcast to talk about career decisions, changes and transitions. We dare you to dream big, start small and start now. In this episode, we're joined by Natasha from Shamari Manasikana. And today we're talking about child marriages and sexual harassment. Before we get into the details of our topic, I would like the guest to give a brief introduction in case I miss something important about your profile. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Natasha Ria and I'm from Shamari Manasikana. I'm the program's coordinator there. Okay. And tell us maybe what you do as Shamari Yamanaskana. Okay, um, Shamari Yamanaskana is a community-based organization that seeks to promote the rights and empowerment of the girl, child, and home, school, and uh, community. Um, to, for us to be able to achieve that, we've got uh, three main departments that we work with, namely the girls' empowerment, girls' protection and support services, and community development. And the department of girls' uh, empowerment, that's when we deal with uh, girls directly in issues that affect them. We've got our girls' club, which we call Danda Revaskana, whereby girls, they come and discuss issues affecting, the, affecting them in school and out of school. It's a platform where they can share with those who are not going to school and they can actually discuss issues in relation to sexual reproductive health rights and how they can strengthen that bond, bond of sisterhood. That's basically what girls, girls Empowerment does. We've got our programs under the same department where we where we uh, we've got the World Children Prize program, where we go in schools and discuss issues uh, of children's rights and how they can be their own advocates because we believe at Shamari Manaskana we are not the voice of the first place but rather they have got a voice of their own to discuss issues affect, affecting them and we have got the girls protection and support services whereby we, we that's where we, we've got uh, that uh, 24 hour service we offer psychosocial support, basic counseling, as well as offer police escorts to hospital escorts to those victims who would have come to report their cases. And in order for us to, to work hand in glove with the community, we've got that community development committee um, department, whereby we, we offer community strengthening because we discover that uh, we cannot do away with the parents of those children that we'll be dealing with. So in as much as we'll be capacitating those girls and in some of the programs with the boys we need also to interact with the community influential people like the community leaders as well as, as their parents so basically that is Shamari Manaskana hmm. very powerful I I guess I would want also to be part of the organization <laughs> so that I'll make so much impact to these young girls out there yes so let's get into the topic yeah what is your definition of child marriage Okay, uh, my definition of child marriage is that it's any formal marriage or informal union where one or both parties are under the age of, age of 18, because that's what we are discovering nowadays. Those child marriage cases that are trending right now, both parties will be below the age of 18. Yeah. Okay. And 
what are the causes of child marriage? I, I believe every society and every community has different causes yeah. and different things that are then pushing yeah. maybe parents or children then maybe to get into child marriages. Yeah. So basically, as an organization, we both operate in the urban and rural areas. So you find that there are many causes uh, of child marriages. One can say that in the rural areas, there's that form of uh, child marriage in terms of uh, poverty itself whereby the family is poor, that's the basic one. They would have just to give somebody who is very rich, and then you have to give us food monthly and stuff like that. But I've got those cultural aspects such as kugarama, you know, and issues to do with chiramo, uh, you find that uh, uh, you are very much in, in interaction with your brother in law yes. and then Shobashapuri kids are, and mm-hmm. you find good that Mananenga Kwendachi Norozwa. But however, finding that in urban areas, it's it's that, uh, you know, that saying that culture is dynamic and now we are in the hip hop era and uh, boys and girls that are actually having pasa pasas, nude parties, and all that. And you find that if that happens, they impregnate each other and then. Voila, yeah. the family says, and Yeah, that's the kind also that is happening in urban areas. And you also find that in churches, religion itself is actually a factor that is causing child marriages. In some churches, they say, Kurods um, were like the apostolic sect, Marange to be specific, at a young age, and and they want to make money out of that system. So you find that when it comes to causes of child marriages, we have to consider the areas, you know, in rural areas, they have got that form, the cultural and religion, religious aspect of it all. And then in urban areas, it's about them themselves, the youngsters, they're the ones who are contributing them. They're making themselves victims to early child marriages. Yeah. And the aspect of having Madara, as you know, then they, they go because of that. So what's the link between the law versus maybe the culture? I understand there are laws regulating marriages and then we have the culture at the end. Is there sort of maybe um, a fight between the law and our culture? Uh, what I can basically say is that um, when it comes to the law aspect, we 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 just have what we can say the Concord rulings of uh, 2016. But however, it's not really a law, and it's not doing anything to protect the child, if I may say. We've got um, laws which are not aligned in terms of uh, how they are going to protect the girl child to be a victim of uh, early child marriages. And on the other side, we've got a, a culture that really supports early child marriage. So law and culture, they actually, at times I can say that they are really supporting each other because there's nothing from the law side that's giving us, say, like, say, uh, it's actually a, a protecting, crime. Yes, yeah. It's not protecting the girls. girls. Yeah. You, you find that the marriage, ex, it states that um, it's at 16, 16 years, years yes. yeah, a girl can actually go and get married. And culturally, at 16 years, you know, so it's something that is actually happening. And yet the legal age of majority is 18. Yeah, it's 18 so. years. So you, you, you then wonder what's, what, what's really happening with the law. There's, there's no, that there is no protection of the culture when it comes to the law. And maybe there's nothing concrete then. Yeah, there is nothing then. concrete. And there is even, we can't even speak with one voice when we speak of the law. And then the other side, we've got culture. 
culture is actually the custodians of culture, the traditional leaders, you know, they are just headstrong <laughs> wanting to keep to what they believe in. Is the right thing to do. Okay. So what about the stat statistics from you, you know, your organization dealing with both girls from the rural areas and the, the urban areas? What can you say maybe, or which area would you say has the highest percentages of child marriages? Uh, right now, basing on um, most of the cases that we have received, we've received cases of uh, early child marriages, the highest area being, um, it's Chihuahua um, right now. Yeah. But however, the problem now is most of those cases, they're unreported. They are not reported at all. And it gets hard now for us to really say that uh, we have actually dealt with those cases because it's just a person, uh, a, a neighbor in the community will be like, we so blows to us. And then we try by all means to help those girls, but you find that the parents will be like, no, we, there was no such thing that happened here. And they discussed among themselves and and stuff. It's something that is very normal for them. So you find that in areas like Chota and Murewa, you find that we can't really deal with those um, those cases without the buy-in of the traditional leaders and the religious leaders as well. Yeah. All right. And what could be the missing link in the fight against child marriages? The missing link when we talk about the fight against child marriage is um, having one voice. When we... It's, as an organization, when we talk about um, assisting girls in terms of early child marriages, we want each and every person to be on board. When we say that, we mean we want the traditional leaders, the chiefs, the village heads, and everybody surrounding the girls, or the parents, the men themselves, we want them to be on board and speak with one voice. Because as an organization, when we try, when we want to to actually assist those girls and protect them. We need the buy-in of those traditional leaders to say, Mango Mudunu, Mukanzezoni, Atina, Mwana, Anorowa, Pasipe Makore 18, Unotoriba, and Tobata, and Desana, we need that as an organization for us to be effective in trying to protect the girl child. So what's linking is this relationship, that strong relationship, um, of people or stakeholders around the girl child to speak with what voice. Even as organizations, we need to fight against child marriages using one voice. That's when maybe the government would actually understand and realign the laws when we have that one voice. Right. What are you doing as an organization to help young girls in terms of empowering them economically? Okay, as an organization, we actually have, a, it's actually an interesting topic for me because we have, uh, we, we started new projects with the girls and uh, we are starting with uh, kinder care girls as well. We have what we call um, financial education that we have, whereby we are starting with the kinder care girls on how they can save. But when we speak of kinder care now, we are not looking at uh, both boys and girls how they can serve effectively. When they start with their 25 cents, why not talk to them? 
you can save your 25 cents and use cut 10 cents or suddenly 15 cents. 15 cents you can change it to you know, tenge is something that is very bad. So at, at that age, if we train them to serve, when now they reach the ages of 10, 11, they now understand that we need to do something with Marianda Safe. For the community. Yeah. Now that's what we are doing with the girls in under the Lando Rivers Kana Club. They are doing those um, candles, you know. We have um, meetings, there are monthly meetings. It's the first Saturday and the last Saturday, whereby game, girls come and discuss issues and also those issues of how they can empower themselves. And Pascal, your question is that actually they came saying, Auntie, Auntie Tasha, they call me Auntie Tasha. They sell. And where they are saying, and they actually buy my packets of majigis and sell to school. And they say, we want to have a party as girls, whereby to not take my chicken in and all that. Because to not believe if Muskana comes to offer So that's what they are doing. And also, we have got projects that we um in Seke Rural Murewa as well as Chitunguza, whereby we're teaching them to make reusable sanitary pads. At times when things are tough and hard, you have to think of the basic things that you can do to, to survive. survive yes. you know. So we came up with those reusable sanitary pads for them girls to learn. And um, if they manage to sow a lot, they can distribute to other vulnerable girls and they can even sell to those pet shoppers. So that's what we are teaching them to do as girls. Some that are involved in poetry, you've got Mazai. You got Mazai Ago and you have to sell. So we in a fight against early child marriages and with the generation that we have right now, it's very essential for those girls to learn to be economically empowered. And independent yes. as well. Yeah, they have to be independent. Yes. Because without that, many men will take advantage of that. But if that girl realizes that I can do it on my own and I can have $50 in my pocket as an individual, I can go and buy pizza or chicken in all by myself. So we are teaching them at this young age that you know, yeah, you have to. That's what we're doing as an organization. Okay, um, this is very... You know, you touch my heart by talking about you then empowering these girls and telling them that sometimes you have to work on your own. Because when, once she starts working on her own, then she she would then conscientize herself mm. that I don't necessarily have to go and marry this old man yeah. or this guy because my family is pushing me into yeah. it. But I can stand my ground, you know, with my savings and do something to sustain myself whilst I'm, I'm here. Yeah. So I couldn't then leave out the topic, the other half topic of sexual harassment because I thought these things are intertwined. Yeah. Some of these girls are getting into child marriages because they've been harassed yeah. and you then don't want to report this person. Yeah. So let's talk about sexual harassment. What is your definition of sexual harassment? Okay. Okay, that's that's um that's a very good that's a very good topic there. Okay, sexual harassment, uh, I would define them as uh, those sexual advances 
uh, that can happen. It's like for organization, it's to a girl and she does not want them. It's either fondling, it's in either, you know, those language. Yeah, language. Yes. You know, and the likes, that is... <laughs> <laughs> that is so harassing. You use the word yeah, I actually said, yeah, I could Because at times when you hold functions back at our organization, we actually do not allow the DJs to play that song, because we think, eh, I can't say, I could So the guys will be looking, man, now you're not actually so something that is. And my windy. They actually use that term a lot mm-hmm. when referring to that. So basically, that is sexual harassment. So there are unwanted um, advances yeah. towards someone that doesn't really then want to to be tied in that way, yeah. to be talked about, like maybe her body. Yeah. And what would you say maybe causes that? Is it maybe the girl, maybe how is it dressed? You know, men always say, you know, women, how you are dressed sometimes provokes us to, to then talk about your body and talk about how you're structured. Would we then put the blame on the girl that because she's dressed in a certain way or her body is built in a certain way that they would then say this caused us to harass you? Uh, as an organization which is human rights centered and girls' rights centered, I wouldn't blame it on a girl. You've got the right to dress whichever way you want, you know. So even if I dress in my miniskirt with the high sleeves, you know. That's me. But that does not give you the right to speak rudely to me or harass me verbally. That does not give you the right to come at me and actually touch my boobs or anything that is on me or my body. That does not give you the right. So I wouldn't blame on the girls, but I would actually blame on that person. You are the one who needs to to learn self-control on yourself. Because you find that in some instances, you find that even the girl can be harassed to somebody who's not even dressing provocatively, if they may say, but you'll be dressed decently, long skirts and all that, but they'll, they'll just shout at you. They'll just harass you verbally. So it's, it's not the girl that we have to blame you. Okay, I want to give you a scenario. You're working with very young girls. Most of them are vulnerable at yeah. school, especially because they spend most of their time at school. Let's say a girl comes... Um, uh, is at school and she comes to to your organization and they tell you that I was harassed by a teacher at school. But maybe the person that harassed them is the highest authority at school, maybe it's the headmaster. How do you help that girl so that maybe their issues taken up to authority? Because obviously she can't go to the headmaster and report it or she can't even go to the senior master, senior woman because that person is low. Her authority or his authority is lower than the one who arrested her. Okay. Um, when we look at issues such as those, we don't look at the title of the person or the power of the person. It's wrong, it's wrong. And under the whole student prize program that we have in schools, we actually teach on these issues that even if you are harassed by a teacher or the, the principal at that school, you can come to report to us and we will take the the issue further, report to the police and go through the proper channels that we have to take. And we have received cases as well, whereby a child or a girl is, uh, first it's the sexual harassment, the, the, the harassment, right? The sexual harassment. And then it leads to the girl being impregnated, right? And the teacher will be like, this girl was coming to me, you know, with advances, advances. you know, that's what they all say, right? Mm-hmm. 
but we don't really look at the fact that this person is a teacher, but rather we look at the fact that that person is is abusive to the girl because this girl is very vulnerable. This girl cannot even do anything. She's defenseless when it comes to him because it's either he threatens using, I'm, I'm going to fail you, you know, it's not just happening in university, no. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. primary school, primary secondary high, school, high yeah. school, mm-hmm. high school. I'll be specific with mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. you know. So this girl would have to do whatever this teacher is telling her to do. But however, as an organization, we come in and we put a stop to that, to that what's happening and report the teacher to the police because it's not it's not right for a teacher to abuse or sexually harass a people who went to school. Yes. Yeah, that's that's very nice, and I'm 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 quite intrigued that you you are helping these girls to know maybe with the education. I think I was so much concerned about you know the understanding of what sexual harassment is yeah. because you know looking at the group of children in school, 14 to 18 years, yeah. most of them don't even know. Yeah. They might then you know mistake sexual harassment and love advances. Oh, he want he wanted to date me, but looking at it, you can't date your teacher. You can't. Yeah, I think uh, based on what you're saying. That was the essence of our Danda River scanner. For us to define some of those uh, terms, some of those actions, which may be interpreted uh, differently, like date rape, like sexual harassment in school, you know. We are trying by all means to demystify that thing. You know. Is, is that way. We teach our girls issues to do with self-confidence, self-love, self-worth. If you've got all those principles inside you, yeah, there is no way that you're going to believe that uh, this teacher just came to me for, you know, real dating. If the teacher wants you, let him wait till you're 18 and out of school, maybe successful and then come to you. That's the, 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 the gospel we are preaching. If you're not doing that, then we are going to let the police come and arrest you. Hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Natasha, for joining me. Before you go, I would just want you maybe to give us a take home. What can we take home? Maybe a recap of what we discussed so that maybe someone can, maybe someone didn't catch maybe what we're talking about during the podcast, but your take home would be good. Okay, I think I'll speak specifically to the girls. Okay, uh, good afternoon. Is it my good voice? <laughs> Auntie Tasha speaking to you. Okay, so um, ladies, I believe that uh, you have to be confident in life. Believe in yourself. Don't even think of where you're coming from. It does not define who you are. Even if you made a mistake, it does not define who you are. Where you're going is the important place where you have to reach. Think about yourself and believe in the importance of sisterhood. Don't look at that girl next to you and pull it down and think that she's a rival. No. Compete into uh, those, um, like, you want to be successful, you know, in life. Yeah, because. Compete in those aspects. Don't compete yourself saying that you want to attract a boy and all that. You know, good men come. They come if you're just that young lady. And then make money for yourself. Be somebody. You're not a brailer. 
you know be somebody are resourceful use your hands in danda rivers can is the place to be for you to be that young empowered, empowered young girl who's resilient and no one would take advantage advantage of you okay thank you i think my take home is for young girls and young women who out there uh, maybe who don't really then fall into the category of shamaremas yemwanaskanas group but those that want to free themselves from issues of child marriages or those um in conditions where maybe they've got a relative who's being forced to marry young to to always stand with those girls to always stand with um your fellow women empower them tell them that you can do this and not wait for someone or maybe your neighbor then to tell you that this is wrong and let's report it this has been career port brought to you by Career Zimbabwe in partnership with Capital 263 where we are free to do it free to say it don't forget to follow us on Facebook LinkedIn and Twitter at Career Zimbabwe and also Capital 263 on Twitter Facebook and Instagram if you have any views comments recommendations for this show let please do let us know through our social media platforms join me on the next podcast my name is Sue have a great day <laughs>